ringing. The screen lit up. Mom calling, along with a picture of Cat in her Hot Mama t-shirt. Camille hit ignore call and flagged down the waitress for another smoothie. David Alexander Romero had been a famous film producer, but more important, he had been the most awesome dad in the world. His sudden death had been terrible enough. Camille was never going to get over that pain, ever. But a few days after his sailing accident, Cat found out that he had secretly invested the family's savings with his best friend, who was a big-deal investment banker to the rich and famous, and that the best friend, now officially a major asshole, had been arrested for committing fraud and leaving all his clients broke, including the Romeros. Everything changed after that. Cat had to sell their lavish mansion in Beverly Hills and move them to a way more modest house in Los Feliz. Camille was 16 then, Cass was 17, and Kylie was 12. The designer clothes, the expensive family vacations, the fancy parties, all that was in the past. The agents, actors, directors, and other Hollywood A-listers who'd always kowtowed to their father suddenly didn't seem to know who Cat and the girls were. Camille learned an important life lesson then, that money was power, and that no money meant no power. It was a lesson that haunted her to this day and seriously made her want to scream and throw things at walls, at people. Cat, to her credit, didn't curl up and die, thank God. She used David's life insurance to buy a defunct restaurant in West Hollywood and turn it into Cafe Romero, Somehow, miraculously, the restaurant was an immediate success. It didn't bring back the millions they'd lost, too bad, but at least they weren't homeless. Although it would have been way better if Kat weren't using her own children as labor, but whatever. The next big change was when Kat married her longtime friend, Beau LeBlanc. Fortunately, Beau, a retired Dodgers pitcher, was a nice guy, Occasionally, he even took Camille's side against Cat when she was being insane, which happened a lot. Camille and Cass had a private joke that PMS stood for psychotic mom syndrome. Beau's kids from his previous marriage, Benjamin, a.k.a. Benji, and Brianna, a.k.a. Bree, lived with them most of the time and weren't too annoying. Besides, Camille and Cass had their own place now, near the family house, so they could come and go as they pleased. And Cass was a great roommate. Sort of. Most of the time. When Camille strolled into Cafe Romero at 4.35, Cat was going over the evening's menu with her head chef, Fernando. The late afternoon sun lit up the distressed yellow walls that always reminded Camille of their family vacation to Italy, freshman year of high school. The vases of Gerbera daisies looked pretty on the mismatched vintage tables that her mother had rescued from some estate sale in O.C. Camille glanced at her phone. Nothing. She had texted Finn six times today, and he was still M.I.A. Where is he? She wondered irritably. She wished he was on Twitter so she could spy on him, like she had done with her previous boyfriends, 
and continued to do sometimes when she was bored. I think we should go with a risotto special, Kat was saying to Fernando. Let's do something with the new morel mushrooms we just got. How about with some asparagus? A morel and asparagus risotto sounds delish, Fernando agreed. Let me just check in the kitchen and make sure we have enough stock. I need to get in there and start prepping anyway. Ask Cass about the stock. She's back there doing inventory. I think she made a huge batch last night with the leftover roast chicken. My goodness, is there anything that girl can't do? Hello, Angel, Fernando waved to Camille. My, don't you look to die for in that adorable dress, Versace? No, Dolce and Gabbana, Camille replied. I got it at Barney's. She didn't explain that it was from Barney's with an E consignment shop on Melrose.